0: mr p and i'm here with mr dave we are the geeky guys and this is a tea break podcast
1: hello yes we're back it's been a while since we've uh, done one of these isn't it
0: yeah well we say a while uh, a week or two back we did uh, an interview with garrett wong which is we did yes with
1: ensign harry kim uh, yeah. And his significant uh, other uh, Megan Elise as well popped on to uh, have a chat with us about Star Trek and the Voyager documentary and experiencing zero gravity and
0: everything a lot in between. More. Yeah,
1: we yeah. won't say too much more because some people may not have listened to it or seen it. It's the obviously is a podcast version and a video version. So uh, that's true. Yeah, heads up if nobody's seen
0: it. Yeah, links of course are all on our website at geekyguys.co.uk. Yes. But yeah, it's been a while since we've done the actual, just a standard Tea Break podcast, so it's quite nice. Yeah. Series four, episode one. I know, wow. Or season yeah. four, episode one, if you're in the States. Yes,
1: if you're in the States or Canada. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's been a little while, but we've been planning, we've been working on a few little bits behind the scenes, haven't we? And planning that this is, I think we were saying before we came on, we're, we're intending this is going to be a little bit of a mini-series, a mini-season series a mini season and then we're going to make a bit of a change for series 5 season 5 that uh, we'll let you know more about nearer the time we'll tease yeah. later on
0: we said we said mini series it's going to be 5 episodes i think we yeah. said for this series 4 and, uh, and rather than you usual break,
1: 10 12
0: yeah short break and then uh, back a little bit later in the year with series 5 with a few changes as yes. mr dave says which we're quite excited about actually
1: yeah it's going to be good it's going to be interesting to settle that up. and we've uh, We have got uh, an executive producer from a Star Trek show, which we won't mention the show or the name as of yet, but uh, we've got that coming up soon. So there'll be another special episode being thrown out there for you.
0: That's going to be fun to get the behind-scenes the scoop on that show.
1: Yeah, kind of a different perspective as well, because it's kind Mm. of nice that we kind of interview people who have different roles in cast or crew or... Writers, whatever, on shows. So instead of just doing actors all the time, which is great, it's brilliant. It is quite nice to sometimes get that different perspective.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: some of the people who are perhaps not as celebrated as, uh, you know, the the main core cast and crew, maybe. So that's nice as well.
0: Yeah. I I agree. Give certain
1: people a shout out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a while, Dave. I mean, what have you been up to since we we last uh, did a podcast?
1: Oh, well, um, well, I've not jetted off anywhere, particularly nice as of yet, still, uh, still in the old kind of deciding of whether to go on a bit of a a reasonably priced sort of seven days away, bit of a beach holiday, or do we do what we've been saying for a long time, we save up some pennies and uh, we go on a, a bigger trip in a year or two's time and do America or something. Mm. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah no, uh, no big trips booked um we've not actually done a convention yet this year have we no we, we usually have a lot of conventions we've been to to talk about it we, yeah there? we've updates we've um, not i mean uh
0: you're going to uh, be representing us this weekend at mcon which yes is in here in, uh, in in the uk nottingham
1: east midlands comic con at uh, yeah. nottingham yeah and it's the apparently it's the tenth 10th anniversary, year anniversary yes well which yes. I, I didn't realize um so that's gonna be quite nice looks like they've got some good uh, little set pieces and there will be obviously the usual stalls and exhibits to have a look at i think they've got a tardis they've got a. Um, I think it's actually matt smith's tardis specifically as well um they've got the um containment unit from ghostbusters and oh they're uh, new for this year as well we've got the uh red dwarf bunk room set uh the one from series one and series two
0: i'm so excited um, about that even though i'm not going I hope, yeah. I hope that's a good picture because yeah <clears throat> unfortunately i can't make it this year to mcon just, no. just, Dave, you couldn't make it last year could you no but, we've swapped
1: um, it we did a switcheroo this yeah. year <clears throat> um but uh yeah the um our bunk set will be good we we previously a uh, previous mcon uh did most of the other casts, I will just be meeting uh, Doug Naylor, the kind of showrunner and writer uh, this time, but that'd be quite nice to meet him. And uh, Katie Manning, uh, Miss Jo Grant from uh, Doctor Who from the back in the John Pertwee days, which would be nice to see her as well.
0: We're going to really, really behave ourselves today <clears throat> and we're not going to talk about Doctor Who. <clears throat> no. Even though we just mentioned it then, normally we would then spew off talking about Doctor Who. We're going to yeah, it, yeah we're, uh, we're not allowed to do one. that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot of Doctor Who news coming up in the coming months and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of Doctor Who to talk about aren't we? And the return of RTD and Phil Collinson and
0: David Tennant,
1: Catherine Tate Murray Goldsmith
0: oh, it's, it's all happening Murray Convention-wise just going back to that, uh, later this year there's Destination Star Trek at the end of the year at yes, the moment we is. don't have a ticket but we are planning to go but we just don't know how long for yet <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. It's it's just whether it's going to be a. We'll look at budgets and we'll decide whether it's a day out, whether it's a weekend, or you know, suddenly a load of people suddenly turn up and go in, and there's a load of stuff there that's going to be set up that's going to be cool. Then we may turn it into a big three day as we have done previously. But
0: I think we're waiting for excuse me, we're waiting for the organisers to um, finish with some cons they're doing at the moment, things like LFC, yeah. that kind of thing.
1: For a minute there, I thought you was going to cough and say, we're waiting for <coughs> Jonathan Frakes.
0: <laughs> Jonathan Frakes always pulls out with the English yeah. It's, it's, it's a long-running yeah. joke with Destination Star Trek that he always pulls out, bless him, mm. uh, working away. Apparently it
1: is genuinely just been conflicting schedules. Oh, yeah. He's been doing a lot of directing and producing and doing bits and bobs and it always seems to be in convention season so we're, that's unfortunate but we'll get him eventually we, we get them all eventually
0: yeah um, but
1: we did forget just going back to him got a second I've just realised we've uh, missed him out Um I'm also meeting Matt Ryan mm. from the um, CW uh, Constantine. Owned, uh, John Constantine yeah, who's appeared in most of the um, DCCW shows so it'll be uh, nice to uh, catch up with him as well Mm. Yeah, good. Deserved more than one season. It was a bit firefly, Constantine, wasn't it? It definitely did. He has, he has well.
0: actually. He has had the chance to re- reprise that role in, 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 in like you yeah, we saying, in the other shows in the DC. In the other
1: shows was, a bit, especially TV in Legends of Tomorrow, we kind of mm-hmm. joined the crew pretty much for a little while, didn't he? Yeah. And he's appeared in obviously Lucifer as well, which was uh, quite nice to uh, to link those two together in the, the old multiverse.
0: Well, it was. Well, did he appear in Lucifer or was it? Uh, it was the CW, it was um, the crossover for DC and, and Lucifer appeared in it, didn't he? I think in, it was, yeah. It was the other way around. One wasn't of theirs, it? wasn't um, it? The, this is the latest one
1: Crisis and on Infinite Earths. Crisis and Infinite Earths, yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, so that was quite nice. So, yeah, I've got him as well. Like you say, DST will looking forward to that. And hopefully, we, uh, we'll get something booked um, in a few months and get all that sorted. But yeah, other than. Uh, other than planning geeky guys and um, looking at conventions and um, keeping an eye on all the geeky news. There's all sorts of stuff coming out that we could talk about at the moment. Um, there's not been a lot too exciting, really, to be honest. It's just been work and living and had some nice uh, meetups with friends and things and um, had some games nights. We started playing d and suppose that's a big one. We, uh, yeah, we to started Drop that. in there as well.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay, our games nights are back on form with uh, us and, and the lads getting together. Which yeah, it's quite which nice. Good. Um, I've done well. It's basically it's the same as you, Dave, just with maybe just a, a slight added extra. So I've done the same. It's just been work planning mm. uh, the games and everything. Um, I've been doing a little bit more with uh, the Sherwood Outlaws. So you have, uh, yeah, yeah. If anyone out say... there knows the Legend of Robin Hood. Um, yes, based at Sherwood Forest, and at Sherwood Forest they have. Uh, uh, a group called The Showed Outlaws. Who, Yeah, it's quite cool, isn't it? And
1: if people um, um, have been looking at our social media feeds in the last week or two, they'd have uh, seen Mr. P with a soldier's uniform on and with his chain mail and his sword um attacking people.
0: Yeah, it's trying to get that dastardly Robin Hood. We never managed to get him, though, no, I know it was every him. time. I don't him. know why. But yeah, so we've been doing a few things with them. That's uh, really exciting. They're a really good group, and it's really good fun. Um And they travel yeah, around so the I UK, could. so if you check their their socials out and see where they are no on facebook um yeah they are uh, and also uh what else have been doing oh just this last week actually uh, i was with them and i also went camping in the peak district that was quite nice for a couple of days to yeah. relax unwind and i'll tell you totally. day, the weather was nice every day except the last day when we were packing the tent up and it absolutely hammered it down
1: <laughs> yeah which you can look at that in two ways you can say well it's not rained all holiday just at the end and you appreciate it but then there's the other parts of you like crap it's throwing it down while we're trying to pack everything away and everything's yeah. getting soaked and yeah it's not nice I've, I've had the experience of both of putting a tent up in the rain taking it down in the rain it's not nice
0: well this was a tent sort of test to make sure the kit was still good because i'm going to go to yeah. uh, the download festival
1: yes it's at castle Donington.
0: yeah so I'll be going there. So it was a test, the, test the kit to make sure it's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, June 10th to 12th, I think, that isn't it?
0: Well, that's the weekend. I'm going to go on the camping once I'm going from the Wednesday to the Sunday. Ah, uh,
1: right. Yeah. Oh, gladly. That know. is quite a long time. I didn't yeah. realise you was going for that
0: one. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be quite good. good it's going to be good fun. Um, so that's almost like a mini break anyway, I suppose, yeah. even if it's just down the road from us. Um,
1: yeah, it will certainly be an experience. I tell you that I've been uh, I've been a few times, and uh, I suppose the two bits of major advice I'd uh, I'd say to you is don't accept any bags of talcum powder for anybody, and uh, <laughs> don't, don't don't push right to the front to get a good view because that's where all the people stand and like fight and go crazy. Um, so yes, don't get near the front for a good view or you're likely to get a broken
0: arm. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll I'll remember that, yes.
1: Yes, yes. It can be a bit raucous in certain elements, but, uh, but it's good fun and uh, lots of live music, lots of uh, little bits and bobs and strange weirds, perhaps some geeky stuff as well. You never know. And, well, there will uh,
0: be when I get there.
1: Food and beers. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if there isn't any, you'll bring it.
0: That's it. Always bring the
1: But Good drink. old Chewy will be there on the main stage. <laughs> on the end of somebody's <laughs> guitar or something
0: oh dear play faith of the heart no okay mm. um
1: <laughs> might do might play a heavy metal yeah. version of, faith uh, of uh, the heart. yeah, do dan, and do yeah
0: dan vasco on us yeah
1: dan vasco version of it that'd be good
0: cool I, I don't think he's done faith of the heart has he we ought
1: to talk no about he that. should do would be a good um, one to
0: do for that yeah Anyway, uh, yeah. So do big news uh, in the geek sphere really quickly is that uh, the brand new series of Obi Wan Kenobi has just landed yes. on Disney Plus. Literally today, as we record this, um, this is where we record on a Friday night, uh, and it's just come out today. And I, I know you tried to get on Disney Plus earlier and couldn't. I must admit, no, I, I did put the first bit on as I was eating yeah. my dinner tonight, uh, and it looks really good. So I'm only about twenty minutes in. <sighs> Twenty five yeah. minutes into the first episode, they've dropped two episodes so far. It looks really good. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a long
1: time coming. I mean, it was quite a while ago when it was first muted. Because originally, I think it was going to be a a film. I think it was going to do a film like they did Solo, um, and then they kind then they kind of. Whole kind of TV um, content for big franchises kicked off with yeah. DC and Marvel doing really well doing it that way. And obviously, we've had the Mandalorian and Boba Fett that have done really well as well. Um, so I think I think kind of people are seeing now that you can do things high quality, epic, cinema quality on the small screen now technology I'm not going set to, to, to give do it
0: any spoilers away for what i've seen at all for the first no. five minutes but i am going to say one thing which is because i was a bit concerned earlier i said well should i watch like revenge of the sith again just yeah just, you don't need to they show you a recap at the beginning
1: ah lovely previously so they show previously, you, a, they oh, show you bits Wars. from
0: the film yeah basically with all yeah. the relevant bits from the film before yeah. you watch the series so don't panic uh... if you've not seen that, the prequel series the prequel film series. Uh, you, you get that recap. Uh, I'm right. going to jump that's straight true. from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Controversial.
1: what to we're Star
0: into. Trek, which is what this one's yes. about. Uh, which yeah. we're if you talking. were
1: all expecting Star, um, Star Wars there, then apologies. That'll be later. <laughs>
0: this is not the podcast you were looking <laughs> for. You we were looking um, for. At least not today. Not today, anyway. We're yes. going to be talking Strange New Worlds, which is the brand new Star Trek show. We've had four episodes yes. drop already uh in the us it's not yeah. quite out in the uk however we are the geeky guys so we have uh been
1: uh we do well, get a bit it. of a preview <laughs> don't we yeah we have we watched all four like episodes
0: that. they're absolutely amazing yeah
1: uh, that's a good place to start
0: just just awesome really um I think, who said it best? Uh, one of the one of the actors I know, uh, I read somewhere, they they took their, like, dad or granddad or whatever to the premiere, which I yeah. think was lovely. Right. I forget who it was now. And um, the, the granddad said, oh, it was like the original series, weren't it? I think yeah. that's the best praise you can give it. You um, can give it. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: I think it was uh, number one's dad or grandfather, wasn't it? Rebecca right. Roman. I think it, I think yeah. it was... Uh, that old grandfather, I think. Yeah,
0: and you just said, "Oh, it reminds me of the original series." And I think, let's yeah, go yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the the main takeaway that I've, I've taken from the series is it's a very nice mix of modern Trek that we're used to um, with Discovery and Picard, but it kind of feels like it fits more seamlessly within sort of the original te- the original series and TNG. And Enterprise, even it kind of feels like it sits better in there rather than Discovery is a great show, but I don't, I don't think you quite get that feeling that it fits somehow.
0: I know what you mean, um, which
1: kind of doesn't matter because yeah. they've gone off to the future anyway, and you know that, really. that. By the by. yeah, I'm, I'm sure most people know that. We're by two now. series
0: behind. It's uh, in front of that now. It's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, for those. It, when we were watching Discovery, um, it was new. New Trek, yeah. completely. New ship, new everything. New slight twisty take on on, on Trek. Uh, and we were loving it. It was great. And you got to the end of the series two, wasn't it? End of series Yeah. Two. And at the end of series two, all of a sudden it was there, the Enterprise. And it was like, oh, my God, it's the Enterprise. Is this going to be like... Who's gonna be what what's gonna happen? And then all of a sudden we find out in the next series that it was actually Captain Pike in charge of the Enterprise, yeah. and um, and they then buzz off somewhere else, and you get Pike on Discovery for a series. And Anson Mount, let's just say, absolutely awesome. Yeah, he uh, is a great character, but he looks so and I'm just what I've just been watching, obviously, the we we've watched the four episodes of, yeah. of, of Strange New Worlds. His style is so relaxed, isn't it? It's like yeah you know, it's like he was born to play the role. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, do you know what I'm trying to that. say? Yeah. It's, it's like it takes him no effort. And we know, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that, and this has been said many times before by actors and things, but if you make it look like it takes no effort to pull off that great performance, actually it takes yeah. a lot of effort. They're working really hard to do that. So, yeah. you know, I'm. I'm. I right. just want to make sure I'm not saying here that he's not putting effort in. He obviously. Is, oh no, makes words. it look seamless. That's what I'm saying. It makes
1: it look effortless. Yeah, even though it isn't. Um, but I th- I've, most people, I've, I don't think I've heard a, a bad word about Strange New Worlds. To be honest, I think everybody is pretty much thinking from from the start that they've knocked it out of the park straight away. Um so they've just got the look, the feel of the show right. They've got the casting and the roles right. Um, there's enough connection to kind of the, like I said, like the original series and enterprise, there's enough familiar things there that it's just very easy to drop into as a Star Trek series, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, and, and we do know, we do know bits about the future of this series as well. Little, Yeah. Little bits. Um, we know, for example, that we have Captain Kirk. Or, or at least James Kirk, James T. Kirk, yeah. coming in the second series, played by Paul Wesley, is going to be a young James Kirk. Um, mm-hmm. That's exciting because that does open up the possibility later on that, as we transition from Pike to Kirk, we could have a, a sort of an original series with Kirk, and that gives you the chance to bring Bones in and Scotty in.
1: Yeah, you uh, could do that,
0: couldn't you? I mean, we but are in the a... five-year mission before Kirk. It's worth pointing yeah. out at the moment yeah. Um, so there are characters that we've never seen before
1: yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy when you think about it it's kind of a there's a big chunk of time really isn't there before the original series and even between enterprise in the original series um that hasn't really been explored very much mm. um and I think it's a, it was a good decision um, made by like Kiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman um, to kind of look at that kind of timeline um, and, you know, see how it all started off with the Enterprise and the first crew and transition to, to Kirk. Um, and also seeing how far they've uh, conquered. Obviously, you're, you're like 100 years on from Enterprise. That's right. um,
0: and I Enterprise think it, was uh, 2151 to 2161, yeah. whereas we're set around the second half of 2250. 2250, yeah, Australia. that's right. And
1: then I don't think Kirk comes in until about 2266, something like that, I don't think. Um, so we've got a bit of uh, time, um, like you say, the five year mission before that happens. Um, but I think even with, like I said, about the being able to drop into it easy and it feeling similar to some of the older Trek. Is that some of the technology and the designs feel like they are 100 years on from Enterprise on NX01. And I think that's quite nice <clears> that so they've got that transition fairly spot on, I think. So there's always arguments about why have they got this? Why have they got that? They wouldn't have that in this century, in this time. You know, why did they have that before that? But I don't think there's been any of those questions, controversy, or arguments about this show. No, and obviously we had the whole thing with the uh, with the Klingons in Discovery, didn't we? That was a big old thing at the start of that. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to just have a Star Trek show where the fans just love it and it's doing well, and there's no sort of toxic comments and media going on about the content. It is really nice and pleasant for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, and and but I mean, they have. Um they they have uh in the first episode so uh the first episode of strange new worlds we we pick up captain pike in his journey where he is after the events of discovery yeah so sure. obviously in discovery um as, as you said they go to the future and when that happens there's a big thing around it all being quite secret starfleet yeah. push it all up we don't talk about discovery anymore all that's classified because by going to the future discovery is actually saving a lot of people and it's yeah, a big big storyline right. we're not going to go into right now but pike's got to deal with the all the events that happened at that time and he's also had yeah. this future look at how he's going to die and yeah. it's really playing on his mind so we pick him up not on the ship but actually um you know in montana very very kirk from generations i thought
1: yeah the shatner-esque um, uh, log cabin yeah,
0: yeah. and then the horse riding as well
1: the horse riding
0: so we find him there not really wanting to go back to the ship yet. He's not ready. And, and um, he's uh, invited to, or asked to go back. Uh, and yeah. I love this. He's asked to go back by uh, his mentor, who is, of course, Robert April.
1: Admiral who, Robert April. Who, of yes. course, was the
0: captain of the Enterprise before Pike.
1: Yeah. That's sure.
0: uh, I always get this mixed up and am slightly wrong because uh, I never bothered to check because I just use a disclaimer like that, so I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, as far as I was aware, Robert April wasn't canon uh, to start with. Uh, I think Robert April was only mentioned in... It wasn't mentioned in any television show. It was either no. in the animated series or a comic. I think it was the animated series. So they, yeah, did, they didn't really about... class that as canon. So yeah. th- they all, they said he wasn't canon uh, for quite a while, uh, yeah. in fact. But then I, I think it slipped in somewhere. Maybe it was like a name on a screen somewhere, and it said Robert April, and it made it canon. I don't know. But he is yeah. now.
1: <laughs> yeah, he certainly is now. If it wasn't before, it is now. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's certainly not in the the best place, Pike, when we first pick up with him, as he's he's kind of having thoughts about what what his place is in the universe, what he's going to do does he want to go back out into space because he kind of knows the nature of his future death and the whole thing, there's a bit of depression probably there and what's the point? And I think it's kind of the fact that his uh, his old friend, his old mate, crew member, his number one, um, Rebecca Roman, has uh, gone missing. Um, It kind of gets him back with the crew to go and find her and get her back. Um, I think that's the thing that really makes his decision and does get him to come back in the end
0: yeah yeah absolutely um and he does and and it's a really nice sort of first episode um Mm. we've only had like we say we've only had four up to yet um and we've had a couple of sort of uh character-based they're all they've all been fairly character-based episodes really yeah um which I like because we need to get to know some of these new crew members, the character of number yeah. one um who we do now have a name for, yeah um which we didn't in um the original unaired pilot, which was called the Cage, so yeah, when Gene Roddenberry first created Star Trek, he created an episode called The Cage, and it was an unaired pilot. they didn't pick it up for a series. And it yes. starred Majel Barrett, who was his wife, Yes, also famous for playing a Troy in TNG and playing the computer voice on all the 90s shows for Trek. Yeah, she um, did, didn't she? And she never had a, a name. It was just number one. And she was the first officer of the Enterprise back when Captain Pike uh, in that pilot played, of course, by, was it Jeffrey Hunter? Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who played Pike. And... Once they uh, the network said no, it's too cerebral. You need to make it more action. You need to make it. He rewrote it, brought and made it Captain James T. Kirk in commander of the Enterprise, and that first spot was the first officer, and Majel was, yeah. was no longer uh, number one in the in the series. Yeah, um, and and then it got picked up. It was called "Where No Man Has Gone Before." It, it actually well, yeah. sits around either somewhere between three to five in in the episode run of the original yeah. series, the actual aired pilot. Yeah, um, which uh, yeah, I I thought it was. I can see why they went that way, but
1: yeah, I kind of think think it worked out long term. It was the right decision in the end. And of course, with uh, number one, we've actually got a character name uh, this time. Of Strange new worlds as well. She's called uh, Una Chin Riley. Is her actual full? Is her actual name? And obviously, number one, which is what you hear most of the time, is just her uh, command name, isn't it? Second in command of the uh, enterprise,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what's interesting about this series, and I, I'm going to say something really controversial, Dave.
1: Okay, bracing yourself.
0: Do you think they may have just copied a few bits from the Orville?
1: Um, I kind of know what you mean, in kind, <laughs> in kind of like the the tone and the feel of the show.
0: No, 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 no. Even more specific.
1: Right. Okay.
0: He's got a chief of security. Yeah. That pretty much looks like the chief of security on the Orville.
1: Oh, right. I saw what you mean. Yeah.
0: And they've got number one, who we've now figured is actually uh, an alien, an alien from a different race. Hilar- Hilarion. who's actually got this enhanced abilities for strength that kind of thing yeah a little bit or at least rejuvenating properties when you look at Orville the the chief of security is in fact uh, a young girl who looks like the chief security on 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 the enterprise and has these abilities or not not healing but has the strength yeah and I just thought oh that was a slight nod in that direction wasn't it
1: yeah now I don't know whether it's just a kind of Strange coincidence, or whether they actually purposely did that and kind of went that was a good character. We can do something similar on on this show. Um Who knows? But uh, it, it works anyway. I think the dynamic they've got with the crew does does work.
0: And um, I just want to talk about the uh, the uniform for a second. Uh, number one yeah. herself in, insisted on wearing the, the sort of dress miniskirt dress style. Uh, uniform, yeah, to mirror the original series of Star Trek, and she did that on purpose. She said, "I, I want that uniform," and they they gave her one, which I think is lovely. Um, yeah, and there's been quite a few. Obviously, we've had different ones from um, the Kelvin timeline. Several, from yeah. like a black shirt to, to the coloured shirts. Several different varieties of. We've had the original uh, William Shatner uh, mustard and and that sort of velour type tops. We've got yeah. his wrap around. Um, We've got, um, technically, we've got the movie uniforms, I suppose, which still technically are uh, Enterprise. Um, yeah. We've then got the, the sort of big black collar one from Discovery when they first came in with the yellow ones for that. And now yeah, we've yeah. got this more just like a standard like, nice pullover with a little badge on. Um, so this leads us nicely, Dave, into uh, our first feature. Of this podcast. Yes, I
1: thought you might because,
0: say that. Yeah, which is Geeky Guy's <laughs> Favorites, which is where each podcast myself and Dave ask each other what our favorite of a particular thing is. It doesn't always have to be geeky related, but I figured because this is the first one of this series and we are talking Star Trek and it's a brand new show, I'm gonna yeah. make it about Star Trek and in fact Enterprise or the Enterprise, I should say. So I did text you earlier with the question, Dave. Normally we tweeted it, out, but I text it earlier. Uh, and your geek guy's favorite question from me is what's your favorite uniform worn on the enterprise uh, and i say the enterprise I, I mean enterprises in the original enterprise an original series enterprise so nxo oh, sorry no blah, 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 ncc 1701 um and i'll include the movie uniforms for a if you like in that as well so yeah what uh, what do you think
1: well, the uh, the first one that came to mind, which is is probably the one that uh, that you would go for as well when you talk about Trek uniforms, is the old uh, first contact uniforms, which are quite nice. I'm
0: just going to interrupt you, Dave. No, sorry, I, I just meant seventeen oh one, not A B C D, not all the others. Just just I'll go A, so I'll let you have the red uh, generation style, you know, Wrath of Khan original uniform. But yeah. uh, it's all pre. TNG, uh, original, like, Kirk uniforms, if you like, from the Enterprise. Right.
1: The Enterprise. Oh, I was thinking that you meant, like, any sort of uniform from the Enterprise.
0: Well, okay, you know what? Let's go crazy. Let's open it up. Yeah, go on then. Any you like.
1: Yeah, so um, I think for me, I'll give, I'll give it a, uh, a three-part answer. I think the, the first one, which is the obvious one, is probably the... The kind of re um customized uniforms from Deep Space Nine that they used in first contact. I like the first um, contact uniform. Were quite nice the with the kind like of un- under pullover and all that. Yeah, they were yeah, yeah. they're really nice. Um and obviously the millennium dress and that sort of thing is really, really nice as well. Although I did quite like some of the um some of like the away mission um costumes, not necessarily uniforms that you had in like TNG and even in the original series when they used to go down to a planet and they'd be uh, getting to know the uh, the aliens or on a mission to get intel. Some of, some of those were quite nice as well from uh, early on in the original series and early on in TNG.
0: Well, I mean they have just introduced the away jacket again in Strange New Worlds which was brought in yeah. really for Enterprise and X01. Yeah. Nice jacket that was, but I do like the one from Strange New Worlds. I think it's nicer.
1: Mm. Yeah, it is. That is really nice, isn't it? I think probably the most practical um, enterprise, uh, well, necessarily enterprise uniform, but the NXO1 jumpsuit. That's probably the most practical, isn't it? Pockets. We like a lot of pockets. Pockets and zips. Yeah, I've got (laughs) a lot of them. So yeah, they're really nice as uh, I liked really nice the, as
0: well. the away mission uh, stuff at NXO one on hot hot planets. So they wore like the cargo yeah. pants and, and, and the cargo trousers and the, the, the sort of beige top yeah. boots. I quite like that actually, and the baseball cap.
1: Very nice. Yeah, they were they were nice as well, to be fair, weren't they? So, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's uh, my attempt at an answer for now until uh, <laughs> so I come back later in the, in the next podcast and say I've uh, rethought you it. Mind. I should have said this. <laughs> I've uh, um, had a quick look again.
0: Well, we, we uh, I mean, I like, uh, to, to be fair, just to answer the same question, I like uh, I do like the new Strange New Worlds uh, uh, mustard tops, you know, the actual uniforms. Yeah. Um, they're not too overstated. Yeah. Um, if you've got the right physique, still working on that. Uh, you yeah. need to listen to some more Delta flyers and uh, to get to get that. Joke, get to the gym to, to get that joke. You'll have to listen to the uh, the interview with Garrett Wong. Um, but yeah, yeah um, I like it. it they, they fit nicely, look really good. And some people uh, on, on online and in the world now have already started putting theirs together for costume uh, for cons, and they look really oh, good. I've yeah, been looking at them they on Twitter, work. and they've been looking really good. So, it's um, the type
1: of thing as well that you can probably manufacture quite easily, and you can imagine them selling quite a lot of them at
0: cons as well. Mm. I think the the sort of under under the collar black dicky section of of the top could just be attached. I guess you could just wear it as yeah. one, one jumper, couldn't one you? One thing, yeah. Quite we've not really thing. seen whether that's attached or not yet in any of the episodes. No, we, we've never seen. We've only seen that like, when wearing one or the other. We've not seen um
1: yeah what uh what goes underneath how it all goes together and that sort of thing we've, we've not really got to yet we have i'm sure we will at some point during the series <laughs> well it's uh my turn now to ask you for a favorite um so it's quite a quite a simple question but maybe not a simple answer uh my question to you is uh who is your favorite chief medical officer in star trek so it's any star trek um whether it be movie whether it be prime kelvin um
0: i i have got an answer for this actually yeah um and but however having said that i will say when, when i was thinking about this earlier um my original thought was beverly crusher yeah because she was because of the in fact, she was my first doctor that I saw because when I first started yes. watching Star Trek, it was the next generation, and it was pre, it was after series, it was either series one or it was series three onwards. It wasn't yeah. series two, so it wasn't Catherine Pulaski, uh, played by Diane Mulder, who actually was in the original series as well. Yes, but yes, um, no, was. it was it was Gates McFadden's Beverly Crusher. Uh, so she is kind of a favourite because she was the first one I saw. Yeah. Then they all have these unique points. If you look at all the doctors. Um. Uh, Alexander Cedig or al Alfadel before he changed his name, uh, who played Doctor Bashir. It was uh, augmented, uh, so yeah. you find that out later on. the The Doctor on Voyager well got killed really quickly, so we got the AMH played by Robert Picardo, so he was yeah. a hologram. So they're all uh, Doctor Flocks on Enterprise was Janubulan, yeah. so he was alien anyway. So they all are very, very, very different. Yeah. Potentially, apart from I suppose Gates McFadden, who did that. Uh, her doctor went. The Beverly Crusher went through that normal procedure, of yeah. going to Starfleet, getting in, and so on. Yeah. However, sure. this is my answer. My favourite Star Trek chief medical officer is Doctor Flux. Yes. Doctor Flux. by John Bellingsley from Enterprise. Ooh, and I, I, I don't. I don't think you would expect me to say that.
1: No. I thought you might go Beverly Crusher, but I wasn't uh, yep. thinking he was going to go
0: for I don't uh, why I picked him. Dr. Flux. He got picked a moment's notice. I'm talking about the character of course. Yeah. He got picked a moment's notice in Broken Bow when Archer yeah. needed someone really quickly and knocked on the glass and went, you know. So he all of a sudden he was there. It was this alien who had all these weird and wonderful ways of fixing people. But yeah. He just loved the fact he was among humans. He was learning new cultures. He was going out there and you know, meeting uh, other alien species, and yeah. um, he always had this optim- optimism, Captain. Optimism. Um, yeah, and, and I just loved that. I think that's. Uh, he was just everyone. They went to him not just for medical advice, but really just to cheer them up, and for I suppose yeah. for the psychological stuff as well. Even though that wasn't technically his nice job his job. But back then they didn't have uh counselors like counselor Troy or whatever. No. Ships. So he, he, he was doing that dual roll. And I don't know. I, I just never really saw going to bones McCoy and saying, I've got a problem with my feelings that because it was in the sixties. No. That's not something you did. So I'm sure he would have helped, but yeah, Dr. Flocks. I'm picking Dr. Flocks. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's a good choice. That is a good choice. He's uh... He's certainly right, uh, right up there, isn't he, among the uh, the gold standard of uh, chief medical officers in uh, Star Trek. You,
0: you could have picked the MH from Voyager because he he as a program could knew everything. Yeah. If you had an ailment and it wasn't in the Starfleet database, he would do research and try and find a way. And he actually enhanced and and and, and made that knowledge bigger. But he knew yeah. everything from any medical textbook anyway. Yeah. Which was good, so I, I he would have been a, a contender as well, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I gotta go, Flux. I think
1: nice, nice answer, nice answer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think Strange New Worlds has got up to a good start, it's going really well, and uh, obviously, we're talking about uh, chief medical officers and uh. And doctors and things and obviously we've got new ones now we've got uh, dr imbenga
0: yeah chief um,
1: babs nurse chappelle as well you know babs yeah babs nurse chapel as well
0: yeah um nurse chapel's an interesting one uh in this series very lots, lots of gumption hasn't she Mm. um and, and and comic and, and timing and stuff uh, nurse chapel of course in the original series played by magel barrett uh she, yeah. she she went from in number one she went to the to church nurse chapel instead so she still had a role in that series gene gave his wife a role anyway
1: yeah
0: ethan peck reprising his role as mr spark from discovery as well as Anthony Hunt yeah. as pike of course um we we're gonna i can't wait to see what he does with spock in this series when he's gonna a lot of mm. chance to really go for it and to be fair he's had a lot of chance on discovery to go for it as a character they've really unraveled that mystery that is spock a little bit more i don't know yeah. to say too much in case people haven't watched discovery yet but yeah he really gets a chance to really crack the character open on discovery so i'm hoping to see a little bit more of, of that backstory and see what happens
1: yeah it's quite nice and i think the um I think I said this uh, previous to you before we came on, it's quite nice in this series. Obviously, it's episodic. Mm. Um, So we're kind of getting, you know, like TNG and Voyager was, we're kind of getting a a planet of the week, alien of the week, puzzle of the week to sort out, which is quite nice to to go back to that old style of Treg. But also in the episodes, you kind of like everybody gets their chance to shine. Yeah. Um, so in the first episode, as we've said, it's kind of all oh, really or they're all of the crew are involved in they all have important things to do. It, it is kind of Captain Pike and taking over the enterprise again and getting over his worries and his anxiety and fears for the future. And, you know, going out to to save the day again and to um, get his, um, his uh, number one officer back. Um, but it's also quite nice as well that we have very early on in the first episode, obviously we have the the exploration of the Prime Directive, where obviously they go into a, a planet where they picked up a warp signature where there shouldn't be a warp signature. Um, and I don't want to say too much about it because people want to watch the episode, so I don't want to say too much more than that, but it's kind of nice that they they kind of go through that moral kind of exploration again don't they and you know impacts on other civilizations so that's quite nice and i think as mount does shine really well in that and by the end of the episode you do kind of feel right he's back his mind's in the right place that he wants to go out with his crew and explore and do the best he can for earth for the federation for the for the universe
0: yeah
1: um so I think I think that's really nice. And that we, was a really we good We do opening. see
0: we do see slight nodbacks in the next three episodes where he is struggling with it and he does open up to yeah. number one about it and talk about his problems. But yeah, he, that, that we go back to that relaxed style that 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 um that yeah. brings to the role, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, there's
1: certainly moments where he feels a little bit
0: kirk like,
1: doesn't he? In in some ways, the kind of way that he is quite confident and laid back and you know, something needs saying or doing aggressively he'll do it um so i think there's that nice familiarity as well about what a star starfleet starship captain would be like in that era
0: and also um willing to take ideas from everyone else we've seen in the yeah. s- several episodes he'll simply say right we've got a problem solve it people uh basically yeah. i'm paraphrasing uh, uh, yeah. and they will say well we could do this that and the other and he's like mm, yeah let's do it he's not done anything no except say, come on, people, you know what you're doing. Give me options. Yeah. They've used their expertise, come up with an idea. He obviously has the choice then to either veto it, come up with a different one or, or ask for something else, yeah. or he'll go along with it. And that's the that in any kind of, forget command, in any kind of management role, that's what you do. You yeah. use the people around you to their Yeah, strengths. you're only
1: as good as the people around you, aren't you? At, yeah. at the end of the day, same as the football managers, only as good as the players around them and how they perform and how good they are. Um, and, and I think it's a, a similar thing. And um, going on from um, that point that you just made, obviously we get to see um, Noyota Uhura, um really comes into her own in episode two, um, Children of the Comet. Um, you should
0: just mention, sorry, Dave, that in, in this series, obviously we said that uh, Uhura, uh she's a cadet at this point. Yeah. So she's not uh, the, the full Lieutenant Ahura that no, she was she's... in the original series yet.
1: No, she's quite new, isn't she, to Starfleet? And it goes into her. And again, a throwback
0: to Hoshi Sato from Enterprise in terms of a linguistics episode uh, and and her passion for for linguistics. Not really bothered about Starfleet to start with, which Hoshi Sato wasn't, she got.
1: No, that's right. It's very similar in that way, isn't it? Um, And again, like we said, he kind of takes her expertise as a linguist, as a languages expert to kind of solve the problem and work out what to do to get the Enterprise out of the trouble they're in in that episode. Um, So you get the whole thing of where you kind of see her using her skills and her knowledge. And also, as I said, you get a bit of information about her joining Starfleet and perhaps being a little bit reluctant. Um, So like you said with Spock, we're kind of breaking these characters down a little bit in this series. Um, we, we know what we know from the original series and that's all still in there or still canon, but we're finding out more and seeing the early days of all these characters we know and getting to know some new ones as well, uh, yeah. which were quite nicely realised. Um, and then, like we said earlier, obviously number one, um, she's got a, an episode as well in episode three, Ghost of Valaria. Um, You know, it's kind of down to her to kind of solve the problem and, save the day, um, and you find out things about her character and her past, and uh, it's just really nice to, um, to, to see that, because I think there's been criticisms in recent Trek. I um, know it was said a bit about Discovery, that certainly the first three series, you didn't really get characters shining, and I think they, they kind of right-footed themselves and corrected that in sort of season three and four, and they'll probably do that even more in five,
0: they, um, they did that with, sorry, yeah. just to interrupt, they did that with Tilly, didn't they? Um, yeah, they really took the, the sort of, uh, not scared, but sort of young Ensign, you know, uh, let's see, cadet Tilly, uh, cadet, wasn't she? Cadet or Ensign? Cadet. Yeah. Uh, and really, she put her on the, like, Starfleet command programme and... Yeah, obviously she she's, shy, she's she's begun to shine a lot more once the confidence comes out because she is actually a good officer and
1: yeah yeah that's very true and uh, it's uh, yeah I think it's nice that we're getting to see all these extra things about the uh, the characters and we've got again going back to the familiarity familiarity and as you were saying earlier about the the character that's similar to the um, chief security in the Orville and uh, we've got. Uh, Lan Noonien-Sung, um, mm. which is a name that any Trek fans, Trekkers, will be very familiar with, with all the different iterations of Noonien-Sung over the uh, over the years and over the timelines. Um, and she apparently is a, a relative, Khan uh, Noonien-Sung, uh, played by uh, Ricardo uh, Montalban. Khan! Um, on, So that's uh, that's quite nice that we've uh, that we've got. You know that familiarity there, and again, she's she's kind of got her episode in season four, Memento Mori, um, where there's kind of something which she has experienced in the past as a, a younger girl that has scared her, that was difficult to get out of, that was difficult to deal with, and has been difficult to deal with going forward. But she's kind of got to explore her fears to get the information out to save the Enterprise. Again, to save
0: the day. So, I it, we're very careful normally not to give spoilers out. I think at this yeah. point we are, we're going to say that we are going to say who who is in this episode. I think because I thought I think it's worth doing. Um, so we are going to say what who's in this episode. So if you don't want to know and you haven't watched it yet, you could pause now and come back to us after you've watched it. But the, the 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 bad guys in this episode, which I think is really cool to do, is the Gorn. Yeah but we don't see them on screen we don't however we've seen pictures of gone behind the scenes pictures so they are definitely going to come back at some point we just don't know where yeah. and they look amazing on the pictures i've seen
1: yeah and the, the the way that they have developed them and certainly the way they've introduced them is quite nice as well because there's already there's that kind of fear there isn't there like they're, they're quite cunning they're quite ruthless um you know, I think that one of the lines in the episode, um, to paraphrase it, is just like the relentless, they're not going to communicate about peace and about joining the Federation. They just want to hunt and they just want to conquer, um, which is obviously very different than most of the experiences they'll have out there in the universe, where most of them will have some kind of reason, reasonable uh, element to them and they'll be able to talk them down or they'll be able to find common ground. Um, but this is an enemy in a way kind of like the Borg in Species 8472, where it's kind of just this nasty kind of, you want to say evil, but it's kind of just the way their civilization is and the way it's developed. But it's just kind of this big bad out there in the universe yeah. that people fear that can't be reasoned with. And I think it was quite a nice introduction to them because they could have got that really wrong, I think.
0: Did they original- went
1: about it right way
0: original series episode where they, they see you see the Romulans for the first time and for a lot of the episode, it's very much like this episode. It's cat and mouse with a ship and you don't really see yeah. who the Romulans are. But but anyway, go, let's go back to the Gorn. Uh, obviously, first appeared in the original series, in fact, in an episode called Arena, where Kirk yeah. ends up fighting it. A famous scene at Vasquez Rocks in Los Angeles where where they filmed it, where Kirk fights the Vasquez uh, yeah. Rocks, in fact, where Kirk and, and the Gorn fight Um. And Obviously, if you've seen that episode, then you see the behind the scenes photos of the Gorn, they've really captured what the Gorn looked like but made it a lot yeah. better.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And let uh, go back to um characters. There's a couple of things that I think we need to mention. That I, I, I when I did some research earlier, I found out, and that's the uh, the helmsman Erica Ortegas, um, played by Melissa Navier is kind of the the tom Paris of the of the piece of Strange New world she's kind of like the on the helm expert pilot um you know create, creates all these different maneuvers and things and mm. creates uh, no, creating a famous one uh, with with Pike um, but uh, there's some trivia on that that uh, apparently her surname Tagus is referenced to the original Star Trek pitch. Um, where it's included a navigator named Jose Ortega. And um, so you've got that kind of link to the original series there. That, well, that's in a name.
0: We've actually jumped into a bit of trivia there, Dave, haven't we? Which probably means it's a With good that. idea to go to our second feature, which is called... Cool well, to... it
1: might be. Or should we go on to that in a second?
0: Well, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Uh, let's just do it. Let's go crazy. Um, it's called Geeky Guys, Did You Know? And it's where me and Dave... Uh, exchange of trivia about whatever we're talking about um and i suggest we just pick two bits of trivia uh and yeah. try and out trivia each other to see what we know and what we don't know um so dave talking about trivia did you want to kick us off by giving me a bit of trivia about uh, strangely yeah can w- yeah.
1: um i think one of the uh one of the The first uh, one, and I'll just say because it's quite sort of trending at the moment, Mm. but uh, the hairstyle that uh, Captain Pike's gone for and Mount is uh, is getting a lot of uh, chatter going on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And everybody's just loving the hair. Um, But apparently it is um, intentional and it was kind of trying to model himself on Geoffrey Hunter. Apparently, from the original series, and it, it, it's kind of a, a modification on his hairstyle. Apparently, I um, to so have that hairstyle. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but you were any hairstyle. Um, for but, that, Dave. That's lovely. <laughs> well, you yeah, walked yeah. into that one, didn't you? So <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, yes, yeah, so that's the story about the uh, about the hair, which I thought was uh, was quite good. Um, well, have I uh, have I got for yet? So Something okay,
0: like you while you're looking at your, your your notes for your second piece of trivia, I'll come out yeah. with my first piece of trivia then, which is of course that our, our chief engineer on the ship, Hammer, uh, who who plays sort of a type of a subgroup of Vandorians, I suppose uh, that, uh, and he's blind.
1: The uh, the Einar.
0: Yeah, the Einar. Um. The actor who plays him is actually blind in one eye and partially blind in the other as well. Right. So that's ah, not exactly cool. a, a complete and utter lie or fabrication, which I think is always quite yeah. interesting. Mm,
1: that's pretty good. Um, so for my uh, my next one, uh, Rebecca Roman, who uh, plays number one, um, obviously first offers, officer mm. of the Enterprise, 2nd in command she's actually married in real life to Jerry O'Connell, who plays the voice of Commander Jack Ransom, um, the first officer of the USS Cerritos in Star Trek Lower Decks?
0: I love Lower Decks. That's I love that piece of trivia because I do love Lower Decks. Um,
1: yeah, I need to get into that a bit more. To be honest, I've yeah, watched obviously you... some Prodigy now, but I, I do need to get into Lower Decks.
0: Yeah, I watched all of Lower Decks and I love it. And I have to say, it's absolutely lovely when Jonathan Frakes comes in as Riker in Lower Decks. uh, Yeah. Hilarious episodes, which leads me on to my last piece of trivia, which, of course, is that Jonathan Frakes was, in fact, supposed to uh, direct an episode of of Strange New Worlds in series one. Yeah. but unfortunately was unable to because of conflicts with scheduling and things, but he is coming back to do a series two. He has directed in series two oh, so Jonathan nice. Freaks has directed one or possibly more episodes in series two but not in series one, because he is, yeah. of course, a staple director of Star Trek. He's pretty much directed everything apart from the original series because it wasn't there then. Yeah, well, man, that's he did everything that's the only else afterwards why. pretty much. Uh, I don't know if he's, whether he's done much with the animated stuff in had directing, but he has been on one of the, Aminator bit shows. Yeah. I, I know, the, the animated machine. shows. Get a time machine. I'm sure he'd go Get back there. and direct episodes of the original series. I can't talk, Dave. <laughs> I need to reboot my tongue. Anonimated. Oh, what did I say that for? I don't know. An- <laughs> uh
1: In terms of another bit of uh, True You, while you uh, reset your mouse, um, Anson Mount uh, starred in a film called Hell on Wheels in uh, 2011 with uh, Mr. Cole Meany, who uh, we know very well as Ch- Miles O'Brien, chief engineer on uh, Next Gen- Generation, Deep Space Nine. Uh, Miles Edward well.
0: O'Brien, in fact. Mm. yes.
1: That is indeed the one. And just the other last little bit for me, I did read earlier Uh, when they started filming uh, Strange New World season one. It was when um, all the Covid restrictions were still on, still in force, and a lot of the actors had to record scenes in pods. And apparently the only time that the cast was able to get together, sort of unmasked and be together was on the bridge. So all, all, all other bits of filming were done in like sealed off like pod areas um, for different scenes. And it was only sort of when they did a scene on the bridge that they were allowed to come together and um, be unmasked together for a, a little while. Yeah that's oh, a bit of respite for them but yeah i yeah, think so i just go back to when you know our difficulties being filming and making content during covid and a lot of films and tv series were were delayed even and some were cancelled and never saw the light of day and well yeah other some things that are coming on now and we've obviously got probably things coming in the future in the next few months that should have come out a year or so ago
0: absolutely uh and I'll finish off then with one more bit of trivia since we've we've gone over yeah, the number cool. anyway. So it's um the 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 set used for the Enterprise Bridge in Strange New Worlds is the same one used in Discovery, however, it's been redressed uh, and made to be slightly smaller to mirror the original series bridge, which was a bit more smaller. Because when you see it right. on Discovery, it looks a lot bigger. Because they only had it for that, and then realised that when they're going to make a series, they need to make it a little bit more practical, streamline. Um, yeah, and they, they've made the more the graphics on the screens that, that that react to the actors and things. So, yeah, it's a lot
1: more practical, isn't it? Yeah. What the the set that they've gone for and things things a bit more are a bit more lifelike and actually work. Certain things do actually move and work as they should do.
0: So, let's um because we, we, we we're we obviously we've had series episode four out now uh so again complete spoiler alert in this this episode uh we are gonna we'll put this out before we put it out we are talking about what's happening in the episodes um yeah d- do you want to just quickly run through dave what happens in each episode just very very briefly a few sentences yeah. just so people know kind of where we are
1: we can uh we can we can do that yeah that's certainly uh, no a problem um so as we said on um The first episode, uh, Christopher Pike comes out of uh, Exile, um, because number one has gone missing, Uh, goes on the mission to uh, try and find her, which takes the Enterprise to planet Keeley 279, uh, which has got a civilization in a similar state to 21st century Earth, and they're on the brink of civil war. Um, Enterprise has picked up a warp signature, which shouldn't be there, um, and the episode goes forward from there. Uh, second episode, Children of the Comet. Um, there is a comet which they pick up, which is on uh, route to strike an inhabited planet uh, with a, a um, with a very basic, uh, primordial uh, race that has uh, grown up on that planet, uh, and they have to try and work out. What's happening with this, uh, with this, uh, um, meteor of this comet, um, they, they have communication with uh, some uh, alien species from the local area, which says it may be slightly more than a comet, more than they think it is. So that, that's the whole sort of
0: exploration. Um, I'll jump in and, and do the next yeah. two then. So uh, episode on, three, um, is a number one episode. We talked about character yeah. once. So, um, ghosts of Ilaria, uh, and um, basically number one's got to we talked about the fact she is in fact uh, not human earlier on uh, but yeah. she's been hiding this so she's got to confront that when a contagion ravages the ship uh, incapacitating the crew um, and uh, she uses her biogenetics or tries to to help save them basically um, but I thought this one was interesting just as a slight segue because they go to a planet again which they thought were inhabited just to have a look around and, and there's a lot more happening there than we think. And, and that's, yeah, well,
1: it's kind of a, an Ilarian outpost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Um and, the, the, this it's gone um silent and they've kind of got to explore and find out what's happened. Um, they said that the Alarians always wanted to join the federation, yeah. And um, but because there was a ban on the use of uh, biogenetic enhancements, um, they couldn't join. And so you kind of see the the um, this, the is, result the of that. this the is
0: the after effects, This is the after effects of them yeah. de uh taking those enhancements away, it's away. And yeah. it's caused issues. Um, and, and that's one of the issues. Which then affect the crew of the enterprise yeah, as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh,
0: and the last one we just watched, which just dropped this week, just within the last uh, couple of days, in fact, uh Memento Mori. Um, I love this episode for a couple of reasons. Uh basically Pike, they they go to a um uh, a planet and um it it's they get the distress call, sorry, and it's a trap. Uh, the gorn uh attack the Enterprise, actually quite damage it quite well. And, and they end up with this cat and mouse in a nebula, which I love in episodes of Star Trek. And it's, again, yeah. throwbacks from this episode. We've seen this kind of thing before. Yeah. Um, you know, the sort of silent run in, <sighs> we'll drop a torpedo sort of thing. We've seen it before. But it's always very, very good. And, again, very good in this episode, too. This was very, yeah. very reminiscent of a s- original series episode, I thought
1: yeah i know what you mean yeah um yeah
0: definitely we had the one with the romulans with the original series and the name escapes me but where kirk is 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 sort of facing off against the romulans or a different ship whatever it is same sort of thing and um you know ship ship damaged they've got to try and find a way to hide or to escape or whatever love it absolutely love these kind of episodes so that that was really nice and we know it's the gorn of course um and, you know, we find out how uh, you kind of said er- uh, earlier, you didn't really want to use the term, but how evil they are. They sacrificed yeah. an entire ship just to give away, get the position of the Enterprise. So of the
1: Enterprise, yeah.
0: Uh, and the Enterprise thought they were being really clever. You know, Mr. Spock uh, manages to, you know, to use a compass as a radar, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, I love these episodes where it's like, we don't quite know how we're going to get out of this using conventional means. We can't outrun them. Yeah. We can't outgun them. Uh, we if they hit us too many times, we will we'll blow up. What do we do? Uh, and I love those kind of episodes where they have to think outside the box. Yeah, to,
1: uh, and there's kind of the the nice kind of bit going back to Kirk and kind of Scotty with the uh, they're a bit worried about the uh, the bulkheads um, breaking in and losing the ship, and it's like, no, she'll hold together, Enterprise. If I
0: she'll hold, she'll always she'll
1: hold, sir. She'll hold. Um, so it was kind of uh, very reminiscent of, uh, of that sort of thing, of uh, the face in the ship. Um, but yeah, I mean the other thing we ought to say as well that it's, um, it's uh, filming has been uh, taking place at the CBS stages in uh, Canada in uh, Mississauga, Ontario. Um, and uh, I think I think it has uh, been doing a, a great job. I mean, most of the things are uh, filmed in Canada. It seems these days, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I, I think that was, a, a well, we talked about this with our special interview with uh, Larry Nemechek uh, some time ago yeah. now, which you can see, of course, on our YouTube and uh, Podomatic, but um, it, Costing came into it. Now, Star Trek uh, Picard is filmed back in Los Angeles uh, because they had lifted a lot of the restrictions at that point with filming in LA, the taxes and the extra costs, that kind of thing. Yeah. They realised that Canada, which, you know, they'd been getting all the all the action if you like in terms of uh, shows and filming and production so they reduced the costs to bring people back now obviously yeah. in terms of star trek because we're on all these ships and things and it's kind of connected the, the set was already there from discovery it makes sense to continue shooting these things up where they've got all the stuff and the production offices and everything else yeah um i mean obviously picard well it's it's patrick stewart he can film where he wants because he's patrick stewart so yeah <laughs> um, exactly so, you know, you know Picard was filmed in LA but yeah I, I you know why not uh filming Canada if it's cheaper you know
1: yeah exactly if it logs it doesn't impact this is not a new thing
0: then, Dave you know we a big Superman fan I am as you know we go back to the original 78 Superman film all of the Smallville scenes were filmed uh up in Calgary in in Canada
1: yeah yeah so it has been. It has been happening for a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I think. I think the other thing we ought to mention is probably something that uh, maybe we could have had further near the start. But uh, the actual start of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, the uh, the intro titles mm. and music yeah. um, has been very critically acclaimed, and fans have liked it as well. And I remember when I think I even tagged you when it was sent. You to, sent it to you, but when the first video dropped of the titles people were just saying that's absolutely awesome this is going to be a great show they haven't even seen any of the show any of the scripts any of the episode titles pictures. just seeing the intro it's like again familiarity as a very sort of voyager tng kind of feel um you know where it's the ship in space exploring going out and it, it it just feels very very nice, very very familiar, and you know the nice orchestral music with by uh, Jeff Russo as, yeah. as well from um, Discovery
0: and Picard fame, of course. Did the music? Yeah, and obviously, of, Alex. Music, uh, Did, the, musics, did
1: yeah, the music? Did the music for both of those? In fact, it, Dave. It, Yes, and it's kind of a, a modern adaption of Alex Courage's original Star Trek theme. There's, there's bits of that in there as well. Yeah,
0: elements um, of that. And, and the intro, I, of course, the, the, the spoken yeah. intro of Space, the Final Frontier, of course, Mount frontier. gives us that. It's His the Voyages of, of the
1: Starship Enterprise, five-year mission. Uh, yeah, and I think it's quite nice as well. I did read in the, um, in the notes as well um, that uh, they did approach each episode as though it was a, a feature film. Um, so they could have some recurring motifs and included different references to past Star Trek music. So apparently there's quite a bit of like previous Trek music in there. If you really listen closely.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just looking through my notes again. Uh, I, I said the reason Jonathan Brakes couldn't do it, uh, was scheduling, it was, it was, it was scheduling due to the fact it was COVID-19, which stopped uh, him going. Right. But it was, yeah. it was that I just wanted to clarify. Cause when I started saying that there was something I'd, Forgotten it was the co why did I, how could I forget Covid, Dave? Um,
1: yeah, we can't do that, can we? I don't think anybody uh, ever forget Covid.
0: And my notes says episodes for series two, so I'm assuming he's done uh, more than one, so that's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that wouldn't surprise you at all, would it? If you had, um, uh, one thing we didn't mention earlier as well, obviously, we've talked about James T. Kirk, but we've actually got a uh, James T. Kirk's older brother. Uh, on Strange New Worlds, so we've got George uh, Samuel or Sam Kirk, who's a life sciences officer, mm. uh, and uh, he's obviously Spock is his uh, is his boss in this series. Um, and basically, they've said that as time goes on, um, and obviously Paul Wesley comes in as as James T. Kirk, there's kind of going to be that exploration that ex- exploration of those two brothers.
0: That's kind
1: um, of- so- so apparently they are very different people so it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic and how that's going to work and how James T. Kirk became how he did because of his family life and things like that and you know he's perhaps his family members that inspired him and things like that that should be quite interesting
0: yeah yeah it will be it will be
1: so that's pretty cool and as we said as well obviously we've got the um We've got Taprine to, to as well, who hasn't been featured massively yet. Um, played by mm. Gia Sandu, who's Spock's uh, fiance. Um, and he says that he's been bonded with her since childhood, um, and I think that's going to be kind of interesting. That will kind of give you that gateway into kind of Spock's early life on Vulcan and being torn between Vulcan and Earth. And. We-
0: we started to learn a lot more about vulcans during voyager i thought with tuvok It mm. did he opened up a lot more about his family life life on vulcan uh, yeah certain rituals i not ponfar obviously we know about that anyway but things like yeah. that you know the 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 bonding and the marriage type stuff opened up yeah. a lot more in in that series um and yeah we, we find in like you just said in the first episode in fact when they're sort of bringing the crew back together spock's uh, going through that process of, of, of bonding and marrying his, uh, his betrothed from, from, from a arranged yeah. marriage, I suppose. That's probably.
1: right. It is like an arranged marriage. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Although the, there's kind of those background feelings going on with kind of a horror and with uh, Nurse Chapel as well. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how that love triangle develops and how that. He's I mean, a
0: feelings, out. but I think it's it, at the moment. Uh, well, at the moment, from what we've seen, that they're just they're just playing at the fact that he he doesn't know when people are flirting with him and so on. Yeah. Um, whether they'll do something with that, I don't know. I, you know, I, obviously, I don't think that's going to develop into anything while he's he's married, is it? So. No, uh, I mean it's but they can play far with far that, as can't as they? they.
1: They could play with it I, later. You look Carl. at the
0: Kelvin timeline, you know, and I know some Star Trek fans don't like it, but um, it has its place. And and in yeah. that timeline, of course, Uhura and Spock do have a relationship.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: They do,
1: so, though. You know. But quite nice in this as well. that he's, he's kind of, I mean, how it develops during the series and seasons, we don't know, but he, he's kind of been... He's tried to kind of peck talk her up with when she's got that whole thing about being a a little bit unsure about being Starfleet. And is it the the path for her? Is it what she's supposed to be doing in the universe? And he's, he's kind of quite supportive and kind and kind of helps her through it a little bit, doesn't he?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think this is a ideal time now to start wrapping up. Then, Dave. Um, so, yeah. should we jump into our, our last feature, which is how we round things off? If you can. Oh, the PPCC. Yeah, PPCC, which is our positive, positive, constructive criticism, which means oh, the subject we're talking about, May and Dave both come up with two positives and then one constructive criticism about what yeah, it, it sounds is.
1: like a banking term, doesn't it? Or finance, That's doesn't it. it? If you yeah. paid your PPCC, yeah. oh, get your PPCC claim
0: it. Oh, PPCC has gone up by 10%. percent Um, Yes. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. So um, I'm going to start with one positive then uh, to start with. We'll do this alternate as we always do. So my first positive is um, in terms of, and we talk about this on some some of the others, set design and props. The original, Mm -hmm. the props they use on this show, very much like the original series, the tricorder, the phaser, very similar, but just obviously updated. A lot of quality gone into them. You don't see them a lot, but what you do see, they look really good. Uh, yeah. Again, we see a lot more of the ship in terms of you know the staging design. You can walk around it. There's a line in the, in, in one of the episodes, probably the first one, where they say, "Oh, the ship's quite big, isn't it?" It's like, "Well, yeah, it, it is quite big. Actually, it's <laughs> yeah. a big starship." Just because in in the '60s they hadn't got the space to do that. It was one corridor few rooms and a transporter and a bridge yeah yet to see a lot more of it now and, and a lot more scope
1: yeah we've got we've got numerous decks that they can explore and do different things on haven't we in different yeah they
0: got the money and the places. space to do that and, and that's nice they've started to show us how big the enterprise actually is yeah uh, and i know compared to other ships you know enterprise dna and so on it's not it's obviously quite small but still yeah for us now it, it's a big ship uh you know yeah so I love the fact that production quality is there with that and the props are accurate. And even the uniforms, I suppose, the new ones, we talked about this earlier. I quite like that, to just pullover uniform. They're very yeah. No zippers, no whatever. Anson Mount commented on that in an interview. He said it's very much a throwback to the original. It's so easy. You know, they they just hang off you. There's no zips or anything like that. It's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my first positive. I love that. No
1: no, uh, no zip or pocket anxiety. Is there anything like that with those, no. with those uniforms? So that's all good. Uh, in terms of uh, my first positive, um, I think I'd have to go back to what I said earlier, where it's quite nice that at the beginning of the series, we're getting this kind of introduction to the different characters and we're getting to know them a bit better, and we're kind of seeing how these characters react in different situations and how they react to each other, Um, little bits about their background. Um, And I think that's kind of where Star Trek in recent times has probably not been quite so good with that. And kind of there have been some cast members that have just kind of been sitting in the background, and you've not really known who they are, why they're there, what their plan for the future is, what what their job is, and I, as I say, I think that has been corrected um, now, and they've certainly done that on this series. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've we've, as we mentioned earlier, with um, with uh, Neota with Number One, uh, with La- Lana Noonian Singh, um, you know, and as you said, with uh, with Hema, with even with him, with the. I know we've uh, we've got a bit of information about him and where he's coming from and the struggles and the challenges that he's got and how he deals. with, with
0: Four them. episodes in, and we already feel yeah. like we know a lot of these characters already. That's and my I su- point. Yeah. I suppose it goes back to Discovery a little bit because we've already got Pike, we've already got Spock in the bag, but yeah. even just just on a segue, just jumping in there on your positive, even on Discovery, they started to look at like Tilly and some of the younger people uh, yeah. and bringing stuff in. I mean, I know we're several more series ahead with that, but. Um, If they go the same sort of way with, 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 sorry, with strange new worlds, I I think we're going to get, you know, it's quite nice. Yeah. Because I invested really quickly in these characters because you like, I
1: think, I think the only thing where it's slightly unfair sometimes, especially when you are comparing new Trek with old Trek is that where like the TNG and Voyager, you've got like seven series, seven seasons to get to know these characters and then suddenly you've got new trek which is like anything between 2 to 5 you've not oh God, got as got much three. time yeah see so you, see so you've not got too you've not got as much time in some of those older trek series where you did have more seasons more episodes to to explore these things yeah. so it's slightly unfair in that way but i think that Strange New Worlds definitely deserve the the kudos for for going that way early on and kind of getting everybody familiar with the crew. And then I I think that does make a difference then um, carrying on if it does go for a couple more series is that you'll know what to expect from these characters and you'll know what the relationships are. And I think that just makes the stories all, all that more visceral and all that more entertaining. And yeah, so I think they're doing it well.
0: Okay, so um, my my second positive then is I love the fact that, well, it's kind of, my second positive is a bit of a mixture, really. I'm just going to chuck in a few things that I quite like because I think it's a new series. You can't really hammer it down to one thing. So yeah. I, love the, I love the music. I think the music's nice. I think they've, they've weaved that original scoring quite well. I love the throwback. I've just said it a minute ago with the original uniforms. Love that. I love yeah. the fact they made the set smaller so it mirrored the original one a little bit more than it was when it was on Discovery because it was quite big, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was. Um, and it's those little attention to detail. What, why not just keep the set you've got that obviously cost a lot of money to build? No, no, let's make it more like the original because that's what it's supposed to be. Let's, you know, change it. Yeah. And that's great. Um, I love the sort of the throwbacks. I love the 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 Zoom the, the connection. I think that's yeah. quite nice. Um to be honest, it's just quite like most things about it, if I'm honest. I, I don't really think you can narrow it down yet. We're four episodes in, I'm sure we'll come up with something a lot more specific later on. But oh,
1: yeah. at the yeah, minute,
0: it's just awesome. Um they they just they are just ticking every box. You know. Is there any yeah. particular second uh positive you've got, Dave? Um,
1: I think it's kind of uh, an addition, um, an extend of 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 that one. I think it's kind of the there's so many things which are are, are good or, you know, the familiarity is the main thing that that music's very sort of gives you the feels of the original series, TNG, Voyager. Um, Like you said, with the the sets, they're very original series enterprise. Um, They they feel quite seamless with both of those. Um, The technology is kind of, feels as though it's on the right level. They've not gone too advanced, they've not gone too basic. Um, and I, th- I think that, that kind of does annoy people sometimes. I know that, I know that happened with uh, Discovery a few times where there was technology that they were using that wouldn't have been around in, in that time um, um, before the original series. Um, so I think all, all, the, all those things, they're just getting right and they're doing well uh i think the the vfx the visual effects i think is all pretty good as well That's not really something that we've touched on but the vfx on the ship is very good
0: it's not and i would interject again there was a thing i saw online just literally the other day talking about uh, it was a poll on twitter or something as well like what's your favorite oh, yeah. transporter effect uh, all slightly similar uh, but similar. Yeah. they're all similar but slightly different on each series i, I yeah. do like the end the strange new worlds um transporter effect that's quite mm. nice it's a lot quicker you know it don't take like it is five to ten seconds to get someone it's just like a zoom and they've gone but it, i i like it it's, it's quite nice yeah
1: yeah that, that is uh that is very good and uh, i think oh, it we just, see,
0: it, sorry we see the, the old shuttles as well the shuttles have been yeah in, uh, no galileo again, yeah mir- mirrored on on the, the galileo from from the original series in fact yeah just a, another quick sneaky trivia did you know um the original Galileo shuttle wasn't full size. Did you know that? Bit? It was only three quarter uh, size. They didn't yeah. really have the, they just built it three quarter size. And when you actually watch the episode, they actually had to build the steps that fold down. And when you see them right. walk in it, you see them bend down to get in it. Right. So actually, the actual, the actual prop for Galileo, which they've now found on the back lot somewhere, it was like rotting and falling to bits. It's been oh completely refurbished and it's yeah. in a museum somewhere now. Uh, you can go and um, see it, and uh, yeah, it's about three quarter size, the actual uh, Galileo, but anyway, yes, I do love the fact they mirrored that's what made me think of it. They, they mirrored yeah. the Galileo on that, I think that was that's quite a nice nod back, too.
1: Yeah, so I think, I think, yeah, all all, all those things, the, the familiarity feel with, with the characters and the uniforms, I, I think, I think they've just nailed it. I think that that's the the, or the, the kind of simplest way that you can say it, they've just nailed it on so many things yeah, so many areas
0: which is going to make it a very difficult Dave, for the next part because the last part is our constructive criticism
1: yeah it, it's and, uh, I, I and can, we can't even say people like them there's more of them because they already are making more yeah. <laughs> I can't even say
0: that um i mean we watched four episodes so i'm going to make a bold move and i'm going to say no we're not going to do a constructive criticism for the first time ever we're not doing one yeah it's a good idea because
1: we'd be really 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 deeply nitpicking if we found anything at all i think and like you say it'd probably be unfair with just four episodes in when there's the rest of season one and season two to watch yet And and who knows
0: if it I've got one one constructive criticism and I'm going to pitch it out there to the world from both of us at the same time. The constructive criticism from the geeky guys about strange new worlds after four episodes is why the bloody hell did you not put it out worldwide to start with, you stupid idiots?
1: Well, yes, I mean, it's the whole
0: uh, localised
1: Paramount Plus, isn't it?
0: Absolutely ridiculous. I know Paramount Plus is coming to the UK later on, either next month, I think it is. Yeah, it's fairly soon, I think. Ridiculous,
1: absolutely I ridiculous. I mean, you can see why they're doing it, because they're thinking it's a way of it's a funding money maker. its finance. <laughs> of course it is, yeah, it's funding its finance. You know, it's just a way to, to make money, a different vehicle to make money, but... I think we've had this argument before where it, it kind of stops some people from watching Star Trek, because if they can't afford to pay for a subscription of Paramount Plus, then they're not going to be able to watch it until yeah. somebody later down the line gets the rights to show it like Netflix or Prime or Sky or something like that later yeah. on, Yeah, uh, which is possible. That'll probably happen. It'll get sold at a fee. Um, to one of those companies like that, or those broadcasters or streaming services. Um, but it is wrong, you know, when you think about it in the day. I mean, it was just on terrestrial TV. You know, yeah. you could just come home from school, come home from work, stick it on. You could watch Star Trek. Um, so I think there will be a, a, lot of, a lot of people missing out, which is a shame. I think there'll be a lot of younger people missing out, which is a shame. Perhaps their parents can't afford... Um, paramount plus when you you have a lot of people not inspired and you know uh, it's a shame
0: when you add up the costs if you if you like shows on all of the platforms and you're having to pay for apple tv you're having to pay for amazon prime you're having to play for netflix then you're having to play for play what's a play having to pay for uh paramount plus and any others then on top hbo
1: max yeah
0: you're paying like six subscriptions, six to seven subscriptions for TV streaming services, potentially yeah. to watch one or two shows that are your favourite things. Potentially. Yeah. That's the hook that gets you into mm. it. You can't do that. It, it, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this is not a big attack at people for charging for their services, but I, I just think that like we're talking about Strange New Worlds, four episodes in, we've been obviously privilege that we've watched it people yeah. aren't gonna watch it if they haven't got the subscription service to be able to watch it and there's a lot of people that haven't that can't and it, it's it's you know to get the alan partridge impression in right at the end it's sad um that's sad. Sad. so you know there we go that's our constructive criticism just why did not yeah, you do a I'll worldwide start sing, release yeah. doctor who at the 50th anniversary did a worldwide, rele- worldwide release and they put it in a cinema yeah. I mean, obviously, we said we weren't going to talk about Doctor Who. We know they're planning planning the 60th um, right now, and it's looking epic. But if they do that the same as they did the 50th, again, everyone around the world will watch it at the same time. You premiere a show like Strange New World. It's a a new Star Trek show, lots of interest. Do a worldwide
1: release. Especially now as well. Now you've got the added pressure of social media on top as well, and all these spoilers are going out, and people are talking about it. And so people have, you know, a few weeks after the episodes have come out, people are finding out a lot of stuff about him and it's spoiling it for them before they watch it anyway. Yeah. Um that's the other issue you have with that. Um, I mean, obviously with Discovery, they did the deal with... Uh, pluto tv didn't they and they mm. they um, they managed to get that on there but unfortunately i missed it, wasn't it every single
0: time every single yeah. time dave i missed it, it. and uh,
1: unless you was available at eight nine o'clock on a friday saturday or sunday you was buggered
0: i'm always busy. it was just
1: shown live
0: my social life dave i tell you i tell you i was i was asleep probably um yeah, <laughs> so, well, <now>. yeah. <laughs> okay uh well look it, it's been lovely to talk about it um i'm going to keep absolutely. watching it uh, for you uh not ready to tell you about it just because we want to watch it um but um yeah and uh we uh we'll continue our series four uh trek of our own through the geeks here yes we will our, so we'll uh, be our back in
1: five year mission <laughs> yes um, or five
0: but, episode mission yeah, in this series five, in fact.
1: five episode five season or well, whatever you want to
0: call it um what and we we'll be back that? uh in two weeks time for our yes. second episode of series four
1: and we ought to say as well that we're we, we, a slight change from uh, last series, last season, uh, we're now going to be recording on a Friday and releasing episodes on a, a Sunday night. So it's now going to be Sunday night every
0: fortnight. That's the plan. That's the plan. We'll see if that carries on. <laughs> yeah, um, we kind of
1: need to we, need to. we need to stick to the format or people will get confused. We'll get letters.
0: We'll get letters. Or emails
1: <laughs> or Twitches or whatever. Don't go dating it now,
0: well. Dave. We'll stay with letters. We'll, we'll, get, letters. we'll get
1: a tick. We'll get a TikTok.
0: <laughs> what is a what, tick
1: tock, what Dave? Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I have that. And I think just to finish up, maybe we ought to um, chuck a couple of teasers out there um, during this series. We're also going to be talking about The Witcher uh, and The Witcher universe, including uh, Nightmare of the Wolf and the, the upcoming series, um, the prequel, um, The Witcher Blood Origin. Uh, which is going to be about the, the start of the Witches and before the Witches come out. Um, we're also uh, going to be getting a bit of talk about Stargate, Stargate Universe in there as well. Um, with us playing D anD D, we might get a bit of Dungeons and Dragons chatting as well, and uh, and many others. And of course, the uh, the special episode which we've uh, we've got coming up soon as well will be will be in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and a couple of those. Uh, we'll also have a guest joining us, which we don't normally yes. do on the normal podcast, do we? Um, so no. that's be quite interesting to uh, to get a couple of people on to come and yes. talk to us about various bits and pieces.
1: Yeah, that's always, always nice. Sharing to and sharing's caring, all that lot. And uh, it's always good to, uh, to get somebody on and get their perspective on things as well.
0: And the beauty is, Dave, it's still going to be over Zoom, so we don't have to provide tea and biscuits. They provide no. their own. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, yeah, exactly. We're, we're budgeting, we're cost cutting, we're looking at the finances just like Paramount Plus are and uh, <laughs> we say, we, we won't do that. We'll, uh, we'll get them to come to our streaming service and they can pay for their own stuff.
0: <laughs> oh that I'm was a bit catty allows. that was a bit catty but yeah anyway, well it,
1: it, it, it was, it was, a, bit was a bit it's been a long week It's been. A long well, we week. don't
0: charge for our streaming service either no let's just stop that that's <laughs> going to just be no let's yeah. just stop that. yeah
1: not yet that might come back to biters in a few years <laughs> please join the geeky guys patreon for uh, oh. only 18.99 a month or 22 dollars <laughs> yeah you can come and cut me you'll get all our series <laughs> in the the geeky guys shared universe
0: oh dear i I, yeah i yeah no yeah just i don't know yeah okay um anyway (laughs) anyway um, thank you so much for listening everybody as we said at the beginning of all that waffle we will be back in a couple of weeks time with episode two until then stay safe look after each other you can find all the stuff about us at geekyguys.co.uk
1: and of course stay geeky